The Easter Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found spices, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but they went in, and they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Our risen Lord, we come together this morning with minds full of all kinds of things. Perhaps we're thinking of the meals we have to prepare this afternoon. If the guests are coming, maybe some are sick, we worry about the children. We ask, Lord, that today we can almost just block it all out and let us fill our hearts and souls and minds with your amazing love, with a love that is so strong it conquered death and the love that will bring us one day together again with all those loved ones we have lost a while and loved long since. Perhaps this year we have lost several or no one, but over time, Lord, we know We need to call upon that hope, that Easter rising that will come to us and to loved ones so that we can dwell with you forevermore. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you gave us so that we might be one family with you forevermore. Amen. I'd like to share with you this glorious day of resurrection, a story you don't hear too often. It's about a secret meeting that took place between the disciple, Peter, and Jesus, his risen Lord. And here's the lead-in to how it happened. All four Gospels tell the story of the empty tomb. But the most important person, the first person to see the Lord alive, was a woman, Mary Magdalene. The Bible said she didn't recognize Jesus, the risen Jesus. One gospel says she thought he was the gardener. But when he called her by name, Mary, oh, then, then she knew him immediately as her Lord. And the first assignment the risen Christ gave her was, go, go and tell my disciples that I will meet them in Galilee. For Christ is risen. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. Wonderful. 
Now, Mary told the disciples, all right, but they don't believe her. She was only a woman. So a curious Peter and John now get up and run to the tomb as well. They look in, as you know, but only see Christ's burial clothes left behind, the white garments. Dejectedly, Peter heads back to Jerusalem alone to join other disciples in their hiding place for fear of the Jews. But now on his way back, Peter also meets the risen Christ. Strangely, nothing, not a word is said or recorded in Scripture about this encounter, except one phrase in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, 34. And I read it from your bulletin. They got up and returned once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. The Lord has appeared to Simon. Alleluia. Now, let's everyone review. Just who was this Simon Peter? He was a basic fisherman. New Testament scholar Alton Gonski described him as an extrovert's extrovert. He was outspoken, even brash, and extremely passionate about his commitments. But Peter could also be very impulsive, once ready to cut off the ear of the Roman soldier arresting Jesus. He was, however, endorsed strongly also by Christ, who said, Simon, son of Jonah, on you I will build my church. And he also said to him, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And yet today, under threat of death from Roman guards and soldiers, Peter's former bravado all seems to have evaporated. Could you blame him? Recall later, it was the same Peter who surprisingly denied Jesus three times once his Lord was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, at first, Peter bravely followed Jesus up to the soldiers, up to the enemy high priest's house under darkness, until the woman at the fire said to him, You were also the man with Jesus. Oh, Peter stuttered out a series of denials. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I wasn't with him. It wasn't me. And then the cock crowed, just as Jesus had predicted. Peter, full of shame and loathing, then ran into hiding while Jesus was crucified and buried. This isn't hard to understand, is it? Guilt, shame, betrayal of a friend or of a family member are terrible burdens for us all to bear. Haven't haven't we all had moments ourselves when we have really hurt someone, someone we love so very much? Haven't we all had times when we have failed to speak up, to defend a coworker or a colleague, 
who is unjustly being punished. But we wait until it's too late. Or haven't we taken sides in a family dispute that ultimately came back to bite us the worst way? We, my brothers and sisters, can pay heavy consequences for our own cowardice and silence. We pay consequences for our own cowardice and silence. But alleluia, Easter's good news is no idle tale. This Easter morning, Christ is so ready and so willing to embrace us all, and yes, to embrace even Peter, who denied him three times when the risk got a little too high, a little too close to home. But what wondrous love is this, my friends, that God always will give us a fresh start God will always offer us unconditional Easter love and new life on his tab because Christ is risen. Christ wants harmony and peace for us all. Amen. Amen. And Christ wants new life. I want to give you a moment to look at a picture that's going to hopefully come up on the screen. A picture of my, uh, uh, whoops, I'm going to take my mic with me, a picture of the Apostle Peter that my husband has painted. And on this painting, you know, at first it looks kind of bewildering. You have to focus in on a few things. Remember they said Peter ran out to look for Jesus. Mary Magdalene was the first, and then Peter ran out also to find out where he was. They don't know where Peter was. There was only one sentence about this, which I read to you, that Peter went out to seek his Lord. And so the image here is of maybe out in the garden, in the forest, in the greenery, Peter is found by the Lord Jesus. Notice his eyes. If you could see them up close, the painting will be in the narthex after the service for you to look closely. In the rims of his eyes are the tears welling up, welling up because that hand on his head, which looks like a gray, misty Holy Spirit, is really the hand of the risen Lord. The hand of Christ, you see the nail print in the top of his hand. Jesus, who has been betrayed by his best choice to be the future of the church, lays his hand on Peter, makes a point to have a private audience with Peter so that he might forgive him and renew him. Peter clutches his hands. He's on his knees. He thinks, oh, my Lord, being confronted by Christ, whom I said I would never desert. But then I did when I was afraid, and the cock crowed. The cock crowed. That's why the cock is up in the corner, to remind us that Peter was the one who at the campsite came, but he denied knowing Jesus at all. My friends, this picture is a sign of such hope of Easter promise that there's nothing we can do that will separate us from that love of Christ. Even the disciple he called upon to be the future of his church betrayed him when the going got tough. And yet, with his hands clenched, Jesus says to rise again. 
You are forgiven, and I will not judge you. I have paid the price. And maybe the blue down there is a little bit of the baptismal waters that washes away all of our guilt and sin so that we too become one, Christ our risen Lord. There are times when we all feel unworthy to be called a child of God. The scarred hand of Christ on our head today reminds us as well that we are chosen to be his children. We are chosen because he died the agonizing death to pay the weight of all of our sins so that we too might live a new life, free forever from the sins and clutches of death. Peter shows, Peter shows us as well that cost of his denial. We can feel that pain today as well. But nothing will separate us from Easter's promise. Christ will always be looking for us, calling us home. Did you ever ask yourself, what's the first thing What's the first thing that you would say to Christ when you see him on Easter morning? Or have you thought of what is your relative, your husband, your spouse, your friend, your neighbor who has died this year? So many losses have we this year had in this congregation. What did they say when they first saw Christ and he laid his hand upon their head? I sure hope thank you was at the top of the list. Thank you for the confidence that death has no power over us, Lord. Thank you for seeking us out, as you did, Peter, to tell us all we are your children now and forever, for Christ is risen. No matter how atrocious our sins, no matter how much we have betrayed him in the past or in the future yet to come as we leave this service today, Christ comes to us and says nothing can break the everlasting promise you have in my Easter victory. The hope and joy of heaven and reuniting with loved ones is yours forevermore. That's Easter's joyful promise. For Christ is risen. Hallelujah and amen.